things people love to hate and hate to love and we're your hosts shelby and matt yes and shelby if you would like to record this podcast uh the easiest way to get to me is to uh take a motorcycle drive it over (laughs) an entire mountain range fly it off the side of a mountain range then do a base jump then fly into the train that i am in and the day right exactly and then we can record yeah well i thought it'd be more like um You know, I have to choose between you and this cool new podcast host. Um, And I just decided to let you die anyways. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no, the one that I met for five minutes in the airport seems pretty cool. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to take her. She's younger. She's a little hotter. She's less damaged. It's a little bit easier to deal with. I like feeling like I'm saving someone. I'm the I'm the cool person in the relationship. Yeah. So it's time to peace out. Yeah, um, that, we're, we're going to have to unpack that. Peace and peace. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the seventh mis- Mission Impossible movie. Yes. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, which came out in theaters last Tuesday. It was like a weird release. Oh, was it? Yeah. S- schedule. It came out early for whatever reason. I think because... Tom Cruise wanted to be in the IMAX theaters longer before Oppenheimer yeah. <laughs> bopped him out. Um, but yeah, this is our, we're now obviously getting to the point in our podcast, having been doing this for almost five years now. I think I our know, fifth anniversary is coming up. We, we should watch. probably figure out if we're doing something for that. Um, but because we've done that, we already did an episode on Mission Impossible Fallout. I want to say that might have, was that the first? I feel like that was early in the lineup of, movies that we did yeah like or maybe our sixth like or seventh episode maybe oh no we did i think it was the first summer oh yeah well when did we start oh yeah because we would have done yeah 2018 yeah because well, we started whenever jurassic world Fallen yeah. Kingdom was. that's what i always have to look up it's like when did that come yeah out? Um, and um you hadn't seen any of the other mission impossibles if i remember correctly. no that's not true i had oh, seen the desert mission one. impossible uh, the uh, yes, uh, Ghost Protocol, I believe, yeah. but had not and seen like, Rogue Nation, and, like, and I still haven't watched any other ones. <laughs> and for work last week, I was tasked with, I was like, Shelby's gonna love this. Uh, so we had a Mission Impossible ranking that was already up on the site, but the author <laughs> could not read, like, couldn't add the new one. So they were like, Matthew, you're like the film writer, you add the new Mission Impossible to this existing oh, Mission Impossible <laughs> ranking. And I was like, Oh, great. Like, where do I put this in? Where did you? I ended up putting it second. Okay. Because. To- well, because here's the thing. I couldn't change the order of the movies that were already there, right. which I think were like starting from the bottom, Mission Impossible 2, Mission yes. Impossible 1, Mission Impossible 3, Interesting. Ghost Protocol, yeah. Rogue Nation, Fallout was number one. Yeah. And I felt like this movie was not as good as Fallout, yeah. but I also hated Ghost Protocol so <laughs> much that I was like, I'll put this, and I think I put it second or maybe i put it third but i i put it towards the top i felt like it was good yeah well i think that's where society kind of agrees like this is like 97 percent on ron tomatoes i think it is seen as like one of the best i think um a lot of people think it's like a perfect action film i am a mission impossible fan you know i've dragged you to a few i just rewatched. I always forget the name of the last one, Fallout. I think Fallout is such a strong film. When we talked about it, you were like, the and I was like, no, this is like a really strong action piece. Obviously, you have the fun of like Henry Cavill, um, but I think there were a lot of interesting like action moments in that film while also carrying the heart of it. You had the little little touch of nostalgia by bringing back his um, beloved wife from the third and fourth or second no third one and i thought it was just like perfect and it was nice compact you had the thing about mission impossible with most of these like 
super franchises like James Bond and Fast and the Furious is you know what you're getting, right? Like it's pretty easy. There's not a lot of surprises usually. That's especially true for Mission Impossible because this has been going on for like 30 years. So it's not something they've been churning out consistently, but they really have like set settled into their tone and kind of um, storyboarding <laughs> where you can like predict, you know, it's, it's the same thing. It's like he goes rogue. He's on the run from both the government and like these bad guys. He has to like save something from getting in the wrong hands. Like it's exactly what you want from a sort of spy thriller. Um, and I feel like Fallout was a perfect encapsulation of all of that and kind of the best work of the whole team. So I was excited for this one. Um, it's one that I've had in the back of my mind because it was the first one kind of figuring out how to film during COVID. And I remember his anti, <laughs> anti-ad yes. time-masking uh-huh. rant. Um I remember the talk around them using the train. And so I was excited for this. I feel like I haven't been keeping an eye on it. Like I wasn't over inundated with the promos or like too many, you know, trailers or something. I knew about the stunt with the bike because that was something yes, they talked a lot about. that was heavily publicized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's honestly hilarious that he's like, well, we're going to do this the first day because if I die, I don't want to like have wasted all yours times. <laughs> honestly, hero, hero stuff. Very forward focused. Good for him. But I guess I just went and saw this movie yesterday, like last night. So less than 24 hours ago. And I was kind of like underwhelmed, I think is the word. Yeah, I, I think when we saw the last one, my take was like, this is sort of a standard action movie that's just done really well. Like it's not doing anything particularly different. It's just executing like a motorcycle scene or chase through Paris really well. And yeah. I definitely got a lot of that from this one. Um I think that this one maybe for me has sort of like higher highs and lower lows in that I think mm. some of the swings that it takes are a bit zanier. Yeah. And so there are some like like the end moment where they're climbing through the oh, yeah. train and the train is falling off the bridge. Like that I thought was really fun and really sort of campy where I think that Fallout didn't have as much of that. But mm, at the yeah. same time, there were things here that I didn't like as much too. Um and I, I don't know, I really like Michelle Monaghan, who's not in this one. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I like, uh, I thought that the villain in this one was kind of a little bit lackluster. Like, it was it's, so dumb. <laughs> it's going to be the same villain in two movies. And I didn't feel like he was, you know, as sinister or as <clears throat> interesting. Even just thinking about like Jason Momoa in Fast <laughs> yeah. X. A, month ago and how much we really liked him and how much fun he was having this new villain um was sort of like okay like whatever like there's not really much going on here and also had the same like mentality as jason there's a lot of fast x parallels with this movie yeah and i was like I was like, was somebody like, were were they like stealing ideas from each other or did they have the same producer or how come like nobody sort of tipped each other off that they were working on similar plot lines? Because both of the villains are like, I'm not here to kill. I'm here to cause pain. And then also both of them have a car chase sequence through Rome (laughs) that ends on the exact same (laughs) set of steps. And I'm like, these were both had at least yeah. some filming done on these steps, even if, you know, a lot of it is CG or, uh, you know, set on a sound studio. But I'm like, these people were there. And the fact that the, like, <laughs> city government of Rome wasn't like, hey, uh, like, your other friends were just here last week and we're shooting a similar scene <laughs> on these. St-. Like, I just don't understand how that got put through so yeah, that they're both coming out within a month of each other. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. The, uh, this Like, these movies aren't my favorite movies, obviously. Yeah. And so I feel like I went into it with low expectations. It was fine and fun in some parts. I found it to be too long. I felt like they didn't use Vanessa Kirby as much as I sort of wanted them to in some regards. But I will say I really, really liked Haley Atwell and her character. And I thought that she was a very welcome addition to the sort of standard um, 
team of people with Tom Cruise because I think they're getting a little well they're a little male they're a little (laughs) stale and I liked her fun energy in it but yeah I don't know there are are parts I didn't I would say um it was kind of an immediately like I went in like hyped up I just rewatched Fallout it was so fun like so instantly like snappy like the opening to Fallout has your classic like mask reveal it's it's great. It's campy. It's cool. It's clever. And this one, I was pretty surprised by how slowly and over-explaining it started. Um, this well, is a franchise the that's – The submarine scene. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> and then we yeah. have that whole scene in the office where you're like, obviously the one person is him in a mask. Like, we get well, it. And not even that. It's like the over-explaining of the – of the the story like the like you have the whole like submarine thing where you're confused about what's happening there's like a ooh there's not an actual submarine oh, we're all dead like whatever but then there's this whole extended sequence that was very confusing to me where someone comes in and delivers the usual like message that has the mission on it that self destructs or whatever and there's this whole extended sequence where he's like hidden in the shadows. It's very unclear why he's like living in this, you know, I don't know, abandoned warehouse and ordering food that's actually the secret coded message. And I was confused the rest of the film as if that coded guy was he, he was just some random dude, right? But it yeah, was I, like, I think so. I don't think he popped up again. Yeah, because unless he was he's like, gonna be in part two. Well, yeah, it was like, oh, welcome to IMF. Like you made a great decision. And then there's like this whole like ten minute long, um, hey, here's your mission. Should you choose to accept it? But it's also like this threat that's like, remember how you started here? And I was like, wait, this isn't. And it shows like this flashback, but it's not from any of the old films. And so it's like new retconned like backstory for Ethan Hunt, which is sort of silly because it it felt like it was borrowing basically every, you know, spy storyline, which is uh, like, like oh, we rescued of. you from a mm-hmm. bad thing and now you work for us. And we could throw you back to the streets if we wanted. And I was like, what is Because again, it was like Fast X where the villain like previously linked to the main character. And it's like, wait, I thought you were dead. No, you're back. And now you're trying to cause pain. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that part wasn't alerted at first, but it was just like, it was random. Like, that's what was weird is it didn't seem to pertain to the mission at all. It was basically like... This Kittredge, Kittredge guy who was the IMF director in the first film, but you haven't seen him over the last six. Oh, yeah. No idea He's, like, was. voicing over and being, like, oh, remember how the last woman you – the first woman you loved died at your hands? And, like, it was very confusing. And I was, like, wait, what? And then there's this whole extended bit where he goes – See, I just assumed all of that was in one of the old no, movies that I had. No, it seen. was just so it mattered made up. to me less. Mm. It was just made up. And then he goes to, like, save – um. Isla or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. Greatest showman lady. Oh, and yeah. Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca and Ferguson. Dune. How dare you? How dare <laughs> Greatest you? Showman. Greatest showman. Never, 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 never enough. Yeah. <laughs> Did I tell you that, um, that our old boss had a daughter who was like um, sort of a child theater person. And she said that the year after Greatest Showman came out, that every child sang that as their audition song. And she heard it <laughs> hundreds of times. And I was like, what a bizarre song to be singing as a child yeah, about like, how oh. strange. That's great. Very powerful. Oh, my I favorite thing. The shower. I know. Uh, iconic. Um, and so... Then I was like, oh, they're setting her up to be like the bad guy, but not really because you always know she does this. She goes rogue and then she comes and helps them and it turns mm-hmm. out there's like an ulterior motive, blah, blah, blah. But it was weird because the last movie ended with them on the same team and her going back to MI6 and like being like, yeah, like team. Yeah, I thought that they were. I was like, I don't know why they're not on it the same team, weird. but I had watched it since It was then. very weird. And while that set was cool, he's like in the desert. They're like doing this shooting through the sandstorm. No, I've seen too many. Well, there was a sandstorm in the other one. I was like, we've already <laughs> done this. this well, yeah, new. but it was just so random because it, it was also no dialogue. Nothing happened. No. It was like, so it was so strange. And then you get to this long speech between the like directors of intelligence that are like talking and they finally explain the big baddie is this like AI 
program gone rogue. And it's like, this is literally the plot of like Eagle Eye from 2006. Yes, I thought about Eagle Eye. I went and saw that at midnight when it opened. <laughs> yeah. An iconic that. film. <laughs> I, but it's like, I thought we as a there. society had moved away from just like, ooh, big, scary artificial intelligence. No, like, yes, it's, it's more coming back, it's now, feeling real. But it doesn't, but that's the thing, is like, this felt so cheaply patched together that it's like, this doesn't even feel real. This is like so cliche that it's not interesting because it's something we've seen. You're not digging into something more interesting. It's just like this nebulous AI that's somehow using this like person to do its deeds. Like why? Because the most fascinating part of most AI movies is how it doesn't need a person because we're so online, you know? Yeah, or it's a robot or something. But yeah. there really wasn't a robot anywhere here with it the It was just AI. like this dude who's like – who bought into the ro- – like I didn't understand the timeline for this robot because it was somehow tied to the submarine and the Russians were using the sub and they're like, we're a secret sub no one knows about. But then the reveal is that the U.S. knew about it and planted it or something. But I thought that the – I thought that the – that the submarine – that the that the AI crashed the submarine to it did. Okay, yeah, but that's like, but the submarine holds the key because that's where I was confused. Is it's like there wait, was also so- a submarine at the end of Fast X. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know. It, it was like I kept waiting for it to pick up. Like, like that's the thing about most Mission Impossible films is the 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 thing the MacGuffin doesn't really matter. It's like the action around it that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the plutonium. Like, who cares? Like, that doesn't mean right. anything. It's just like bare bones. One word you're worried about. But this suddenly became like, oh no, because well, they don't even write AI. scripts for these. They just <laughs> they figure out the stunts that they want. To, I'm not even joking. They figure out the stunts that they want to do, and then they build a movie around yeah. it. So honestly, maybe that's the problem here is that they had these couple yeah. stunts that they wanted to do, and then when they were coming up with the plot line, it got yeah. to, a bit too cumbersome for them. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's just like it was a lot of people in the beginning that didn't matter or that were new yeah. but playing like they were old, like um, Ella Enchanted's evil. <laughs> oh, Yes. Saw a guy who cut yeah. his leg. Carrie, mm-hmm. Casey, Carrie, Carrie. L was? Yeah. Ules? I don't know. I was like, wait, that. were you in anything? No. And it's like, there was a funny moment where they're like, we're making everything go analog and it's just a sea of people typing oh, up stuff. Oh my gosh. Yes. That was my that was my favorite part of the movie is yes. whenever they needed it for the plot, they were like, and, and we're now analog. Oh, we're yeah. using an old <laughs> Russian spy satellite that the AI can't hack into. It's like, what? But like, I would have welcomed something of this like makes that. Sense. Like, like, I think that would have been more fun is if Mission Impossible had to learn to do stuff without tech. Like, I think that yes, would have been be interesting. Yes, that would be a fun idea. Um, like, even, like, the scene in, I think, about, like, Independence Day where they suddenly have to use um, Morse code to talk across the world. Like, I think it could have – there would have been fun moments for that. But, yeah, you're right. It was, like – there were moments where they still depended on tech and then it's like, oh, wait, you guys, remember your enemy is literally artificial intelligence that has somehow like infiltrated every single device on planet Earth. And it was just like confusing. It was a confusing baddie and it was faced by someone who was really boring and not giving anything. And it was very confusing what his motivations were. He was like, you know, the computer can predict everything. So like, I'm just going to say I'm going to be on this train and I bet you guys will be there too. And it's like, okay, like, what is interesting about this? Like, there's no manipulation really happening. It's just like a boring mind game that was like, you're going to have to choose who dies, but why? And that's my biggest complaint about this film is basically their treatment of Ilsa and um, eventual, quote unquote, you know, spoiler alert, death. It was just like so bland and unemotional and unearned and kind of like highlighted something that you'd been able I'd been able to excuse through most of the films which is the existence of, of women. women. <laughs> yes. I well here's the thing that I'll say is when she died my mind because I had convoluted this with 
Fast and the Furious was like, <laughs> oh yeah, she'll be back next movie. I'm like, this is yeah, I'm yeah, not concerned about her at all. <laughs> Somehow this was staged, it was fake. She had a yeah. bulletproof vest on or whatever. And then it was only at the end of the movie that I was like, wait, maybe she actually did die. <laughs> and that was and I should have been more emotional in that scene, but I was yeah. just sort of rolling my eyes when it happened. Yeah. But but before we even get to that, I do think that one of the good scenes in the movie is the airport sequence. Yes. Yeah. Because I love an airport scene. I think it's a fun place to set an action, to set anything really, but like definitely an action sequence. And they're sort of zipping around. And this is where he meets Haley Atwell's character, who's a pickpocket. And Mm -hmm. so there's all of this, you know, swiping things from people and they're trying to figure out who the bad guy is. And they're going up and down escalators and they're sending the police around on a wild goose chase. So I thought that was a fun scene Yeah, that sort of, I had, I felt a lot of promise and I thought it was more creative than stuff that I had seen in previous fast or yeah. previous Mission Impossible movies, not in that there was crazy stunts in it because there really wasn't, but just in like the mechanics yeah. and the dialogue and everything, it and felt like more B plot that was like yes. they were trying to hide. And yeah, was, yeah, it was yeah. Fun. So I really liked that scene and how it wasn't so reliant on a big stunt set piece. Yeah. Um. But yeah, then after that, we move into the part where they're in. Well, and it was like I, guess I liked next. the addition of the like the hit on Ethan. He like infiltrated that meeting, and then they decided he's too risky, so they're gonna kill him. And it's like I liked the new cast members. I don't remember their names, but they're like recognizably mid-range actors. Um, Wait, which ones? The like the guys who are chasing him throughout the film, who kind of like oh, yes. always end up there and are in over their heads. Um, the police people or whatever. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. There's some sort of government agency, like probably like Navy SEALs, let's say. <laughs> sure. But they're like just trying to catch him and they're like constantly being like, don't trust him. He's going to, he's manipulative. He's like, don't, he's not dead unless you drive a stake through his heart. And I thought that was interesting watching them kind of like fumble. I was like, through. where's Mr. Nobody? Yeah. Is he going <laughs> to pop up here soon? Yeah. But then there was also like such weird little gaps in that where it was confusing, like, I liked the idea that the AI was one step ahead and had that like bomb that was actually a trick that was actually like, haha, losers. But it wasn't clear what the get was. Like, it wasn't like it was like, because at one point he's like, everyone run. And he, they're like, what's the rendezvous point? And he's like, there is none. And I'm like, well, what did he see that made him say that? Like, what do you mean? Why is this the moment where there's no rendezvous? I was very confused. And then on top of it, they killed the guy who had the key, but I don't know who killed him or why. Like, the more you think about, like, oh the no, plot, the movie makes it's like, no sense. Yeah, I was like, what? No Who's pulling involved. the strings here? I don't understand who hired the pickpocket. I really don't know. Well, <laughs> How and, did they choose her? Why is she involved? And it's like with Fast X, it's two. Uh, this similarly is two parts. So yeah. presumably, we're gonna get the continuation of this plot in the second movie. And I'm yeah. like, but wait, I didn't understand the plot <laughs> in this movie. So how am I supposed to remember it yeah. and sort of figure out what's going on in the next one when it comes out in two years? Yeah. And I. Oh, it's coming out in less than a year. It's already scheduled for next summer. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's. I still filmed. won't remember it. Yeah. Yeah, no. I remember what happened. Yeah. I can yeah. barely remember what happened. I saw this a week ago. <laughs> I know. And that's where it was like – it was it was just like confused. It took a lot to like get the ball rolling on this because it was just like random. No, the ball rolling was in Fast <laughs> X. It was, was not in, in this They one. had to go to Rome to get it. Because, yeah, the next pickup is basically – it's the it's repeat Rome, of the Fast X scene. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's Rome. Yeah, because he somehow decides to follow her, but not with his team. But then his team finds him anyway. It's all very confusing. because They're then, in jail. The, then the Isla shows up too. And it's like, wait, why are you here? I thought you were dead. Why did we think you were dead? It was so... She'd faked her death. Yeah, it was overly complicated for something that was like, why? Like, what's the point here? And I was fine with the like new... The like new you know the the novice character of like this girl getting this woman getting in over her head i thought she was really fun to watch and it was fun to see them interact like the whole rome scene was great i loved the like little yellow car i thought there was a lot oh, yeah, of humor she couldn't drive yeah that was funny and then you have you have the 
the Navy SEALs or whatever showing up. But then on top of that, you have the police showing up for, for ruining their city. But then you also have this like random, suddenly silent, like French assassin who's more than willing to bulldoze through anything to get to go crazy eyed on this like car chase. And so you there's like a lot of fun happening, but then at the same time, I'm like, none of this makes sense. <laughs> you know what movie I was thinking about during this car chase, though? And I was like, ugh, take me back. Tenet. Extraction. Oh. Tenet. <laughs> I was like, remember how great the car and the tenant and the car's flipping upside down. No, it's, it's backwards down. and they're passing the thing out the window. It's I was like, good. ugh, ugh, Tenet. The greatest yeah. movie ever made. The longer I sit with it, the more I'm like, wow, top 10 of all time. No, no. No. I'm like, it's really coming to together for me. It. Not good. Um, <laughs> no, I've already rewatched it. I loved yeah. it more every time. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, and, and then was, we end up on the yeah. same street, on the yeah. same set of steps that we <laughs> this, were yeah, on for Fast Deck. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, so they barely escape. And she, again, is sort of this wily, like, foxy character who constantly, like, makes her escape and doesn't want to be associated with them. But then they keep running into each other. Um, so it very much is giving the cat and mouse that you see in something like James Bond. And I've – I Mission Impossible has always had sort of the flavor of the week with its women characters or love interests. Mm-hmm. But it's also not been as annoying as something like James Bond because Ethan Hawke is very, like, sexless. Like – he yes. has love interests, but they're not – they're few and far between and he doesn't depend on them and they're not necessarily like as essential to the plot. And the only woman to really make it through two films is – well, now his wife who shows up for the cameo in Fallout, but also um, Rebecca Ferguson. And I liked what they did with her in the last two. I think she's a fun and interesting and and watchable like action star. Um so at first I was like, okay, why do we have this new woman? But she's fun. So I wasn't mad at her existence. But the fact that they decided to make it a one or the other felt so like – it just felt so 2000s. Like it was like, this is so silly. Two women can exist in this film. It's And it's not like his personality to be like this womanizer who has to pick one love interest. So it felt weird that that became the like – well, the, the like all- central stone of the storyline and his character is like, oh, the women you were around always get hurt. And don't you feel guilty for that? And I was like, when did this become his arc? I was just so confused. Because well, they go to Venice yeah. where conveniently the person who's like holding this party is the <laughs> Vanessa Kirby character from the last movie, which I was like, okay, great. Love her. Bring her back. But they sort of didn't really give her very much to do. And yes. then, yeah, then we have, then after the party, there's this scene where it's like, okay, the two women are separate. Ethan Hawke can only save one of them. Or, um, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. um, Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt. Sorry. Yeah. Who's yeah, Ethan yeah. Hawke? Ethan Hawke is an actor. Oh yes, that's right. Maya Hawk. Oh my gosh. Um so yeah, he can only save one. But I felt like the problem with that setup was that we don't have the we don't know his relationship to either of them. Like yeah. in, when we basically have the same scene in the dark night where Batman has to choose between who? Saving Harvey Dent and yeah. saving um Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. It's like it's like we know his relationship to both of them and we know how that relationship is different. It's like one of them is romantic. The other is um, like, uh, uh, like, yeah, sort of like city governance and yeah. like, oh, it's going to impact all of these people. And so I think if you had him in this movie making a decision, it's like, okay, here's your partner or here's your love interest or here's your mother or here's your brother, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. It makes it more impactful. Yeah. But this, it's like, here's this woman that you've worked some jobs with that you're like not really romantically interested with, but like apparently had not been working together recently, but like sort of had been in the past who you already kind of thought was dead, but then she wasn't like, you can choose to save her or you can choose to save this other person who you just met, who's like a pickpocket, who might be good, who might be bad, who like might be a love interest, but we're sort of not sure who could be. a. Fr- it's like, yeah. uh, like, how is this decision being made? And then why is he saving Haley Atwell? <laughs> and it wasn't even like at the end, it's not even really a romance either. Yeah. It's more of like a mentorship kind of a thing of yeah. where he's like, oh, you're sort of the next generation. But that also wasn't clear enough that he sort of felt like he had to save her because he saw this promise in her. Like she was yeah. going to 
take up for him after he's gone or something. So it like the choice felt like it wasn't a well-constructed choice in the script, if there was one. And then also his decision didn't seem to make any <laughs> sense because I don't know why in any world he would have saved Haley Atwell well, over. Well, his decision wasn't really a decision. His decision was, I guess I true. trust Isla to run away and I got her yeah. to go to. And then he's right. like running to find... Gabriel he's like after Gabriel who's like yeah. the face of it was very confusing because it's like yeah if you want an emotional punch you have to do what's been done a million times before in every single superhero film which is here's the girl you love here's a ship of people who's going to be blown up or you know right. something like that or yes. or you save her but the Tower of London falls you know like something with bigger right. stakes but it seemed like he was like oh whatever and so then their fight which ended up being like which was a good fight, I think. Yeah. No, it was fun to watch both of them wrestle with Gabriel. But it was like – it was so anticlimactic in such a strange way. And I almost felt like – I don't know if Rebecca Ferguson wanted out or something because it felt like she was kind of like – there was no – none of her usual energy in this film. And it wasn't clear why she was so down on herself. Like it was like – like I would – I she just she felt knew, like an maybe, like it Maybe was she like, got the script and she was like oh. – She's like, oh, great. Yeah, it was I like. I have two scenes. <laughs> she wasn't in it very much either. No, yeah. So maybe she, maybe it was yeah. like scheduling conflicts or something with Dune. And they're like, hey, we want you in it. But she's like, I can only be yeah. on set for five days or something. Yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of like, it was just kind of lackluster. And I feel like they could have killed her off and made it more empowering. But to make it this sort of like. Oh, like <laughs> kill her in the middle of the movie too, which is a weird yeah. choice. If you're gonna get rid and of to a make big it character, about, like, usually you kill him at the women. end. Yeah, it was just yeah. like I think two of them can exist here. Thank you very much. Like, I, I guess it's just like fresh. It was a frustrating moment, and it didn't feel like it even had the benefit of being exceptionally sad. Um, no, because at the same time, you also have this new, like you know the. The French assassin woman who's like oh, yes. just maniac and crazy eyed. And it's like, I liked her, but it was also like, why is this woman not speaking? Like, what is the point of her? Like, who is she working for? Why is she here? She's been in something that I've seen before. Oh, no. She's in, she's in like Guardians of the Galaxy. And, um, oh, yes. That's yeah. She's, she's, she's great. It was more just like, it's just highlighted again how bad they are at writing interesting women, I guess, because to your point, Vanessa. Well, they're Kirby, not writing anything. <laughs> it's Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie coming up that they want to do a base jump set and then being like, ah, I guess we well, got okay, to but woman like in I feel like somewhere. the Fast and the Furious, which is a similarly action fueled story, does a better job of at least giving but their women Fast something and the to do. Is a character driven. <laughs> Film right, series, right, right. Which it's about I think, that, yeah, it's about family, and I feel like they go out of their way to give everybody these like yeah. character moments, even when the actors are terrible actors yeah. and can't even pull them off. You know, like they, yeah. uh, Vin Diesel is very invested in that sort of like yeah. relational level That's of the true. movie, where, like you said, with Ethan Hunt, it's like this sexless character who, like, really. Like, he has these sort of work relationships, but otherwise there's no, we don't have any backstory. We don't yeah. have any, like, oh, he's not married. He doesn't have kids. Like, he, like we yeah. don't know what he is doing with his time when he's not <laughs> He's just work. standing in the shadows right. waiting for his next package. Yes, he's just in a, like, yeah. <laughs> Serbian bombed out old office building waiting yeah. for a DoorDash man to come give him a CD-ROM. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was interesting to see, like, you know, it I Palm Palm Clementif is her name, I think. Um, the actress. And I think she'll end up coming back in the second one because they made a point at the very end to be like, I've got a pulse, you know. Even oh, though yeah. she's like mm -hmm. left for dead. Um Well, maybe there's hope for Rebecca Ferguson after. Yeah, all, there is because technically that's never was, like, the dead. Final, yeah. Never, never. <laughs> <laughs> the twist in the first one is that the love doesn't actually die. I don't know. I could see it. It was just like everything just kind of started to feel like it was dragging. And I yes. don't usually feel that yes. in a Mission Impossible mm -hmm. film. Um because then we finally get to the train sequence. Yeah, which again, which the, is, the the train sequence was so confusing to me because I was like, who hired who? What is Kittredge doing here? Am I supposed to feel like the government's doing something bad? Like, Yeah, the government was like buying. The, I thought, I was like, oh, he's been the bad guy all Yeah, 
And then it was like, but they're going to pay $100 million to Vanessa. But then it's also like, I've been paying you. I've been protecting you for years. And I was like, who? Are you bad? Like, are you are you a double agent? Like, what's happening? And then Carrie is like killed in the train by Gabriel. It was also confusing. I was like, why is he opening the door to Gabriel? Who does he think he is? Like, what's happening here? I don't understand who, like, what like what the goal was for any of these players. Like I and, was really confused. And I get the that they wanted to do this stunt with the base jumping and the motorcycle yeah. and whatever, which like okay, great, perfect. Like sure. It's a fun <laughs> it's a fun bit. But the way they got to it where he's like, "Oh, I missed the timing of the train. Oh, no, we got to go on this journey. Oh, I found another route for you." It's like it was so <laughs> long and drawn out and like <laughs> convoluted i was like we could have come up with a faster way that's like he's on the mountain and there's the train like we didn't need a seven thousand steps i think that maybe what has worked in some of the other mission impossible movies is that there's not a lot of plot there and it's sort of just these set pieces but we're not trying to reinvent the wheel and there doesn't need to be that much plot in between the set pieces where this felt like they were really trying to come up with like like to connect these pieces and sort of didn't have like the short connectors and so we're just like adding things i mean like okay well now we have to come up with the reason for this okay well now we have to come up with the reason for that like yeah right and it just made (laughs) no sense because yeah yeah, that whole the whole like the train sequence is really really long like it's probably at least 40 minutes yeah but so much of that are is this long setup of all of the stuff that's happening on the train and then Tom Cruise just driving his motorcycle <laughs> around like rural like, Austria on, on these like out. dirt paths but then he's going like full speed yeah and, and so by the time he actually gets on the train and we get to the fight sequence it's like we've been at this for 20 minutes <laughs> yeah well and again it it draws in that frustrating bit where it's like sometimes tech works sometimes it doesn't cuz originally yeah. he's supposed to wear a mask and be on the train with with um his new you know spy friend but then yeah. the mask suddenly breaks and i was like it's implied that it's the ai right? yeah but then we I, but that's then, what i thought but then yeah. it doesn't really but then it's like if the ai knows that it's made a mask of vanessa kirby wouldn't it have like tipped somebody off yeah it's like the the mask the the ai the entity as it's called yeah is like having fun Oof. but also like to what end and it's also confusing like it's just like very confusing who knows what in this film because um, his other sidekick, um, the Lilo the and Stitch Rings actor. one? Um, no. Or Simon Pegg. No, Simon. No, the black guy. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He's Rings. like, he gives this whole speech where he's like, the AI wants you to kill Gabriel. And oh, and he's Ethan such Hunt a bad is like, actor. oh, yeah. They give that's him a speech right. in every movie and it's always yeah. bad. It's always so <laughs> but bad. But it's like, Whenever how does he, he know? Up, and like, then no. it's like, it's just like confusing because then on top of it, you have um, it's just a lot of moving parts to your point. But then it's like you're not really getting anywhere, like literally, <laughs> because it's like, oh, anytime you need it, the AI is there to be convenient. But then when it would be interesting, like Simon Pegg having to put on his self-driving so that he could run his little computer analytics, I thought there'd be a thing where the AI tries to infiltrate his car or whatever, and he has to like do some sort of stuff with that yeah. because it's like they were still relying on tech enough that it's like well this ai is either the laziest do like artificial intelligence alive or it's just like having a fun time and if it's just they were running off an old bosnian war satellite remember (laughs) it's not technology somehow it's a closed circuit but it was just like it was very confusing like Because I still didn't understand, even as Gabriel gave his speech, even as the French lady revealed what the key is for, I did not understand what the key did. I did not understand (laughs) why the entity cared. I did not understand why Gabriel was involved. And if the entity is all powerful, they literally could have killed these people at any turn of the plot. Like The entity doesn't have access to guns, apparently. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) The entity can do everything, but it's like, yeah, I didn't understand... I guess, like, what the entity wants. Because it makes sense that the government's like, oh, I want to control this computer, like, bug. Like, let's all go for it. And I thought it'd be more like John Wick. Like, everyone has their assassins out. Everyone's trying to kill him. But then it was like, no, the entity is pulling these strings. But then it's not clear what 
like he's it's relying on these two sort of doofy like gabriel and her his like yeah the silent asian type Uh like it's just like i wanted to understand (laughs) well because i guess the keys when you have the keys they unlock the thing that will destroy the ai so the ai is trying to get the keys but i don't yes but it seems like if i was ai and i was able to like break into different government buildings whatever or have a person who's invisible to like security cameras um I think I could kill people pretty fast to get the key parts I needed. You know, like why was Vanessa Kirby Wait. hired? Who hired her? Well, who hired her? Also, also, it's like once you had one part of the key. Well, I guess they needed both parts to authenticate it because the AI couldn't figure out if the key was, if the one yeah, part yeah. was real without the yeah. other part. So that's why they needed both. But I was kind of like, why don't you just get one and destroy it? Yeah, but it was then very I guess, confusing. Yeah. Well, because so then they like drug Vanessa Kirby on the on the on the train. And I don't I now that I'm thinking about it. So Gabriel kills the like conductor and yes. turns it into a runaway train. Yes. So that it will end up on the bridge when he wants it to blow up. So he timed the entity timed it so that the train speeds up. No one can stop it. It will never slow down and it'll hit that train that bridge as it. When right, but couldn't it just off. hit the? But couldn't we just have known the speed that the train normally goes and have hit the? Well, I think it was also because they knew they the entity is so smart that it could guess what Ethan Hunt would do, and what Ethan Hunt would do would be try to get on the train when it slowed down. So it's like I'm not going to slow down the train because it's like okay. you know he's going to that one stop right. or whatever. Yes, that's true. And but yeah, it was confusing. I really, really, really do not understand who Vanessa Kirby was working for or like what, because it seemed like the entity was playing her, but then it was like, she was also working with the U S government, but then the entity goes to kill the other U S representative. And I was just like, I was very confuzzled. And it's not that I have like, you know, there's plenty of plot holes in you know, fast X or in James Bond, like there's a lot of gaps that are filled for the fun of it. But this movie made a made an intentional choice to give a lot of background. Like this has a lot more talking and explaining than any of the other ones. There's so many monologues in this. There's so many like the entity, you know, and it's just, it started to feel like you were just pointing out the flaws every chance they got. Like, and it was just, it was kind of a frustrating watching experience for me. Because who hired Haley Atwell? I don't know. The entity? I don't remember. I think it was Vanessa Kirby. And Vanessa Kirby did it because the entity hired Cold her. But then she was working with the U.S. She was going to get $100 million to give it to the U.S. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> because yeah. I thought the entity was like, you're going to give me this key on this train. But then Vanessa Kirby doesn't go to deal with him. He go, She goes to deal with Kittredge. Is the idea that the entity is planning on just like – having the key destroyed in the train explosion? No, because or G- Gabriel no, was supposed, supposed to, to walk get away the key with it. and then leave the train. Yeah. And he's like, you're the only... Uh, yeah, it's like, I wish they wouldn't have given us this much. Like, I didn't need to know about the entity until the second film, right? Like, it could have just <laughs> yeah. been Gabriel yeah. marching around, killing people. Yeah, that would have been a lot easier. <laughs> well, it needed to either be more AI or less AI. Yes. I feel like there was the wrong amount of AI. Yeah. Well, yeah. So then Ethan Hawke finally Ethan crashes Hawks, into yeah. the side of the inside of the train. <laughs> and then it's the moment of like, okay, can we stop the train before the yeah. train gets the thing and they disconnect it? Yeah. And then you get this, I think, fun scene where yeah, like the train is going off the bridge like sort of one car at a time, and he has to sort of climb his way through, and yeah. every train car he climbs through that falls off, then like the next one starts to fall. Yeah. So it's just like this. <laughs> And they probably go through four or five yeah, train cars yeah. in like a pretty funny, <laughs> entertaining sequence. So I did yeah. like that. Um, no, but it was fun. but well, yeah, yeah, it's like at what cost? You yeah. know, like why are we here at this point? And yeah. that was so late in the movie, and we'd gone through so much of yeah. this exposition that I didn't understand. That I was really like, okay, let me get yeah. out of here. Yeah, I didn't understand motivations. I was like, wait, 
does Ethan Hunt realize Kittredge was on the train? Like, shouldn't he be alarmed that that – like, I was confused by Kittredge if he was good or bad. And now now she's like, hey, I'm supposed to trust you. And he's like, good. Um, <laughs> and then also you have the, like, other government assassins people who, like, decided to help Ethan but then also tried to catch him in the end. And so it's unclear, like, like what they – why they were convinced to help him. Like, because they don't show that part. They just show them – suddenly hurting everyone to the back of the train. So yeah, it was like, I I understand that two-parters, you'll never get like fully, you, you don't get full closure in the first one, you know, but this right. just felt kind of haphazard and I'm not necessarily like sure that it excites me to see what happens next. Like Into the Spider-Verse, Across the Spider-Verse, like that ending makes me want to get to the second one immediately. Whereas this was just like, this villain isn't that interesting. Gabriel is not that enticing. Like, even the Palm, like, Paris assassin character, she she's she gave nothing because she wasn't allowed to speak in this film. So I'm like, what am I excited for next? Like, it's just, it was just kind of a letdown. They should have just made Vanessa Kirby the bad guy. Yeah. I think. Well, because and Vanessa so Kirby's character was one. so different. She seemed so, like, depressed and yes. anxious. I know because she was so fun yeah. in the in the last one, and I was ready for her to be back and like bringing that sort of sassy, snappy yeah. energy. And she just was so yeah, like didn't really have that like flirtiness. Yeah. And then in the second half or on the train sequence, it's like Vanessa Kirby playing Haley Atwell because it's supposed yeah. to be like Haley Atwell wearing the Vanessa Kirby mask yeah. and so then Vanessa Kirby's just sort of like nervous and twitchy which like she's a great actress so she can do but that was also not the fun Vanessa Kirby that I was looking well, for. Well yeah because even before that before like there's a scene where she's like don't bother me and she goes into a room and she's like shaking and stuff and I was like oh so Haley's already on the train like this is Haley like playing Vanessa playing Haley. But then it's like, no, no, no. She was just nervous. And then that's when she's knocked out. And that's when she goes on. And I was like, well, why is why uh, yeah. is Vanessa Kirby so anxious wanted, on this train? I wanted like the scene <laughs> in Harry Potter where Emma Watson is like um, Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah, like, yeah. That was like that was a really fun version of this that this movie did not. Yeah, it was capture. just confusing. Yeah. And um yeah, like they're like you said, the the action doesn't disappoint. There's a lot of fun sets, but it's also like reaching a point where you're like, yeah, this is familiar. Like even the train sequence, they have a train top of the train battle in the first Mission Impossible. So it's like it's not like they're breaking new ground. Like yes, the the like the big stunt was a big stunt, but it's not even like as fascinating as the helicopter scene in the last no. one. Yeah. So well, and there, yeah. I just saw there's another top of the train fight in the new Indiana Jones movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, we. I just saw this. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, huh? And also, can can I just ask a general question about being on the top of the train? I think if you're standing on the top of the train, you fall off. I think the wind <laughs> would knock you off. I don't think that you yeah. could be running and fighting and walking around up there like a normal person. I think, yeah, I think what they did definitely, there were moments where it doesn't make sense. Could you possibly walk across a train? Sure. Could you maybe wrestle a little bit? Yeah, but it's, they need stronger shoes. But you're and going so fast. More convincing. Yeah. Right? It's like, can <laughs> yeah. you stand on the top of a car while it's moving? Like, I don't think so. Yeah. I we think the try wind knocks time, you yeah. off. I guess. <laughs> Get on the, uh, I mean, like you stick your head out of the window of a moving car and you're like, oh, you know, it's like, yeah, no, it's, it's hitting you. I mean, yeah, there's some improbabilities at play here for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, we can't get into what you could and couldn't do from this movie, but I just would like to speak in general about yeah, all yeah. of these people being like, let's let's do another action scene on trains, top of a please. train where I'm like, we, nobody is fighting on the top of the train. Yeah, well, except Tom Cruise because he does his own stunts. So it must, I guess be, so. must be possible. Well, in that case, I'm like, okay, this train is going two miles an hour. You know, it's like that kind yeah, of thing yeah. where they're like, all right, let's speed this yeah. up a bit. Uh uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm i not that excited for the next one. I think, yeah. I mean, this movie was fine. Honestly, the more we talked about it, the less I liked it. I feel like I came into it higher than I am now. Yeah. <laughs> I should go back and revise my ranking. The crazy yeah. part about the ranking thing 
was that they were going to make me make a TikTok out of it. And I was like, you guys, I haven't seen like any of these movies. But then luckily, thank God, the actress strike happened. And so then they were like, oh, make a TikTok about the actress strike instead. I was like, oh, good. I can okay, actually well, talk about Maybe you should make a TikTok for, for our podcast about the Mission Impossible rankings. About the Mission Impossible? <laughs> uh, okay, sure. Yeah. I don't know what happens in any of these, but uh, Mission Impossible 2 seems good. I'm going to book that at uh, number three. No, 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 no. But I do think this is probably the second best. I don't remember Ghost Protocol enough to judge it completely. I remember hating Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Was Rogue Nation good? I can't remember the main. Because uh... that was the one, because that was the original Rebecca Ferguson one, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. I I have a fun time with these. I think this one was just too bloated for me to like give the same leeway I've given others, you know? They're not as good as Fast and the Furious, I will say. <laughs> I, I'll, they're different pieces, but I can I respect that stance coming from you. I, I'm grateful that you've come around on Fast and the Furious and I'll just have to see this as its cost. Yeah. Yeah. Um okay, well next week ah! is the big Hi, Barbie. Barbenheimer episode. <laughs> Barbie. No, it's no, the Barbie episode. Both. No, we're doing both. No, we Shelby. can't do both. That doesn't. We don't have enough Shelby, time to. Literally, dedicate. everybody is watching both of these. It's no, a double but, feature day. But I okay, but we can't do. We'd have to do two episodes. Is what I'm saying. I can't like share time with. No, no, no we're, we're doing have to do Barbie because that's just disrespectful to Barbie because the people who are going to see Oppenheimer aren't going to see Barbie too. The people who see who are playing no, into Barbie. No, people are buying tickets to both. Not the not the general public. The general public who's like team Oppenheimer are not the same who will be like, "Oh, this is fun. Let's go see both." But we're the, not here the little for the film bros. Public. We're here for the our film fans. bros going to see Christopher Nolan. I'm sorry. There's absolutely no way we can do both in one episode. Look, if we did Captive State and no, I, Five I, Feet I Below. I believe Barbie to be the film of our generation, and I cannot schedule it with another film. Shelby, Can't we is... just do it the next week? Can't we do Oppenheimer the next week? No, because that's when we have to be doing Haunted Mansion. No, but... no, 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 no. This works out just, just perfectly. No, maybe we have the next, next week, two weeks. No, planned. I think the next week is our 50th anniversary. No, no, no. 50th, <laughs> our five-year anniversary. So we'll do Oppenheimer in honor of you and your <laughs> love of Christopher Nolan. And our bomb of a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <sighs> but this is a Barbie podcast. So, mm, okay, we'll see. First. Okay, everybody, <laughs> tune back in next week to see if we're doing Barbie or Oppenheimer or both. <sighs> Barbie or Tenant or Tenant. Yeah, we can bring it back. <laughs> Tenant round two. I'm ready. Yeah. Honestly, I'd rather watch that again than Oppenheimer. But if your but if <laughs> all children die, then my child. Yeah. Dies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, okay. a pleasure. <laughs> a pleasure as always. I got to go to the gym. I got to go eat. Yeah. Look at I your evenings free. Late. Congrats. I mean, kind of. It's almost eight o'clock here. Well, think of what we were doing when it, we were three hours, you know, doing <laughs> Yeah, but I could have gone to the, I could have gone to the gym earlier. I'm happy. saying it's the same amount of time. And glass half full. Okay. That's the Glass attitude. half full. Glass <laughs> half full. Okay. Okay. Bye, everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.